out there in podcast line and welcome back to spoilers your bad movie review show on the rat pack podcast network where your hosts have lots of opinions but zero credentials each week we watch a movie usually a bad one we crack a couple jokes we give you our insight of the film and we play a couple games at the end i'm your host hollywood i'm joined by my co-host adam hello it's just adam today yeah and our october horathon continues with a horror anthology film based on a tv show did you even know that adam no <laughs> i thought maybe a book okay uh, because the book had a big Tales from the Dark Side written on it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I just gave the title away. We're Hello. watching Tales from the Dark Side, the movie from 1990. So we have a bad string of anthology films with this podcast. Yeah. The first thing we ever, 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 ever did oh, was yes. Tales from the Hood. Wait. Technically, this is, might be our first anthology. Well, this is the one that's making it to air. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We, yeah, technically. Because... The first thing we ever, ever did to test chemistry... Yes, our chemistry test. ...was Tales from the Hood. And then you were like, eh. And then we... And then two Halloweens ago? Three Halloweens ago? Possibly, yeah. I think three Halloweens ago, we were going to do John Carpenter's Halloween and Trick or Treat, which is an anthology film. Yeah, a combo combo episode. Uh Uh-huh. But then that one... Well, we, a, we actually did the episode. Yeah, it but, just didn't but that, was te- that was a technical, <laughs> yeah. technical error. Yeah. So every anthology film we try to do, it doesn't see the light of day. Oh, crap. That got me worried. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, uh, let me plug in my backup drive as we speak. <laughs> so, so let's hope uh, this one gets it done. Now, Adam, like I said, this was based on a TV Although show. This could be a series of an anthology or, or personal anthology. Oh, shit. <laughs> Where the episodes keep going bad for some reason. It's a spirit. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, there's always like a frame story. <laughs> yeah. So in the case of this one, it's the, it's the witch, I guess. She's a witch. Did you even know she's a witch? No. I didn't know she was a witch until I read the fucking thing on IMDb. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so, she, so she's like cooking, was it Hansel and Gretel type of thing? <laughs> yeah. I guess it's a play on that. But I never caught this. Okay. 1990. We were six years old, right? I remember my mom taking me to the theaters to watch this with her because my mom loved Tales from the Dark Side, the TV show. Okay. I'll, I'll get into what that is. All right. And I never caught this in the in the scene where she comes back from the market and she's in her kitchen. There's a broom, like a witch's. It looks like a witch style broom, just oh. hang, just leaning against the door. Oh, and I'm like, oh shit, she's okay. supposed to be a witch. Interesting. <laughs> I never caught that. I guess I guess it makes sense the, the way that she's kind of portraying herself and she's having a, a dinner party of some kind. Uh huh. She, I mean, she's not she's not a Hannibal Lecter. No. She's so maybe yeah maybe it's a witch party. Mm-hmm. I guess that would make sense. Okay. Tales from the Dark Side. Came out in 83, lasted five seasons, went to eight, 1988. The George Romero, the guy who did Night of the Living Dead, Dawn right. of the Dead, Day of the Dead, the dead zombie movies, he was the executive producer and he wrote some of the TV shows. But before that, he made an anthology horror movie called Creep Show. Have you ever heard of that? That sounds familiar. Yeah. You probably have seen it or seen a segment from it or you know, you probably like know about it. Okay. It's one of the... The movie kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> shocking. Like the like the movie's like the movie's okay, but it, you would hate it because it's very cheesy. It's, it's it's the time period. It has to be the time period. It's the time period. All movies were that. Or every movie I've seen from that time period is like what? Why? And this was 1980, I think, or okay. 81. Anyway, that was very successful. So whatever TV network said, hey George, you want to turn Creep Show into a TV series, and they're going to call it Creep Show the series, but then. There was some legal issue. Anyway, they tr- they called it Tales from the Dark Side. And Tales from the Dark Side is like Tales from the Crypt. Did you, ever, did you ever watch that TV show? I saw very few episodes here and there. So you know how each episode, it's a different like short story like yeah. from the Crypt Keeper's book? It's, it's like Twilight Zone, but a little more horror-based. Yeah. So Tales from the Dark Side is more Twilight Zone-y. 
okay. where there isn't like a narrator like hello kitties it just jumps into yeah. a story and it has a lot it tells when dark side had a lot of people from that era in it so i had a lot of people from like the 50s 60s 70s but then young up-and-coming actors from the early 80s were also in there too so, so it was just a series of stories there was no it's an anthology just like twilight zone okay but, but not, not like this though where there's like an overarching where there's a frame story yeah. keeping everything together no 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 oh, okay that's for the movie but the, i'm saying the tv show okay. was like the twilight zone okay and there was a really good episode that i love with um what's his name mr costanza jerry stiller stiller yeah he's a he's a, like a shock jock radio guy Really? And, yeah, and he's called Whoa. the and he's called the Devil's Adv- that's the name of a show, the Devil's Advocate. Nice. So people call in. Oh, that's a great name for a show. Yeah. <laughs> people <laughs> call, people call into him. They're like, "Oh, I'm really sad cuz like my wife, I think she's cheating on me because, you know, this guy at her at her office is, you know, always around." And he goes, "Cuz you're a loser." <laughs> like, you know how Jerry Stiller like yeah. yells, "Cuz you're a loser." So, what Hoochie mama. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much what happens is he's like locked in his recording studio but then like slowly as he's getting all these calls in he's like wait a minute i remember this call didn't you call me five years ago and they're like yeah because of your advice i died in a car wreck so like he's like stuck in hell and he's becoming more and more he's transforming into more and more like a demon-esque figure who, and who, who Stiller is? Yeah, Jerry Stiller. Oh wow! And he and he's like, you realize that he's like stuck in hell, and he's just dealing with all the souls oh. that his advice went bad. Okay, with. so that's a cool episode. So I like, like that. So a lot of the shows are like that, but you wouldn't like the show because it's it's in the eighties, right? And it looks cheesy, and the budget was like terrible. My, a lot uh, of, a lot of the show took place in like one or two sets or scenes, and it was yeah. My my daughter's been watching uh, the Goosebumps, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think it's a more modern take on it. But it still looks super dated. Maybe it's maybe it's an older episode. <laughs> but it's just like, what is? It's, I got the same feel from this movie as I did from watching okay. some of the Goosebumps with her. Like this is supposed to be scary, right? <laughs> it's supposed to be terrifying. There's a cuckoo bird in the clock, <laughs> turning things backwards in time. All right. Okay. Well, there's a killer sponge at one point. I'm like what the? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Adam, um, Creep Show. Turned into Tales from the Dark Side, which led to this movie. Okay. Creepshow was a play on the EC comics, which inspired Tales from the Crypt. Okay. So all the stories have like a t- quote unquote twist ending or like the characters get a comeuppance at the end okay. or they get like revenge or whatever based right. on what they've done. So you have to have seen Tales from the Crypt or read the EC comics to like get the joke of this movie, Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, this it's, oh, so it's the, very similar. It's meant to be a joke. No, no, no. It's not meant to be okay. a joke. But yeah, sort of. <laughs> it's, it's a play on like those comics from the 50s, like okay. Tales from the Crypt and stuff. Now, but, but these, okay, you, you watched these as a kid? I saw this when I was six in the this theaters with my mom. No, yeah. but the, the actual the tales, the show, the show, the, t- the tales from the dark side. Yeah, yeah. That's why we wanted the movies because okay. she let me watch. And that. were those for you as a child scary? No, no. What was the, what was the point of it? What the, the the tales from the dark side? Was it meant to be scary and it just didn't scare yeah. you? Yeah, some okay. of them were, they just don't scare me. These, okay, because I knew they were not real because my godfather worked in the movie business so he would always show me like behind the scenes like photos and he's like look that monster in the movie it's okay. fake it's like plastic it's fake blood and then my grandma always would watch these scary shows or scary movies with me and she would always say oh this show's not scary it's funny look how funny it is like jason's chasing a girl through the woods and she falls and she's like isn't that funny okay. so in my mind <laughs> i saw these scary shows and movies as being funny and i knew what i'm watching was fake okay but okay, so but that's not that's not the average person watching these. Though. Exactly for the, to, uh, okay. to the average person, it's supposed to be like creepy or like ah or you know yeah. So I, I think both of us are just like against the grain for peop- the, the 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 market. Where what is it called? We're not we're not the demographic. target audience. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, for me it's always I've always been 
this of a logical mind of like mm-hmm. what this no <laughs> I, I I don't buy this and I, it just doesn't scare me certain things don't scare me like it I remember watching it mm-hmm. uh, but I, then again I was in high school maybe freshman year uh-huh. or sophomore year still kind of young ish but I remember watching and being like this is so dumb it's dumb right it's yeah. really dumb it is very overrated. Okay. People have overrated the movie It. Uh, well, it's not even a movie. It was a TV. It was a TV. Uh, not a TV series. It was like a two-part TV movie. Mm. And pe- okay. people really overrated it. You yeah. gotta if you watch it again as an adult and you love It, you're gonna be like, wow, this Tim Curry's great. It's Pennywise. Oh, yeah. yeah. But like everything else, you're like, wow, this is kind of dumb. If, if I watch it again, or because tr- I only got maybe. 20 minutes in, and then I had I just bailed on it because it was, it was really stupid. But if I were to watch it again, it'd be just for Tim Curry. Yeah. And then that's it. Just to see him do his You thing. know what, Georgie? He has he has a very, like, New England, Rhode Island-ish accent. Okay. And it's Tim Curry, dude. Like, he's so over the top. Yeah. You know what, Georgie? Down here, there's balloons wherever you want. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we all float down here, right? That's the, that's yeah. the line. Okay. We'll float, too. And the kid's like, ah! <laughs> So, this movie, Adam, was directed by John Harrison, and it stars, oh, so many people. A lot of people. A lot of people when they were young. I'll just give you a couple names. Debbie Harry, Matthew Lawrence, Christian Slater, Joe B- John Buscemi, Julianne Moore, David Johansson, William Hickey. Let me do a brief synopsis, uh, Adam. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Why did I write John? <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Sorry. So did I miss something? No, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let me do a brief synopsis. A young boy tells three stories of horror to distract a witch who plans to eat him. I was asked this. Have you ever seen this before? No. No. Not I chance. saw this in theaters when I was six. All right. And uh, I liked it when I was a kid. Watching it as an adult, I'm still like, eh, it's fine. Have you seen it since then? Yeah. Okay. I have. All right. It's, it's still... It's, I was wondering it's how this like popped fine. into your mind for the to do it for the spoilers. Well, I... Because I kind of want to do different ones, like... Uh, Piranha is a monster movie. Yeah. The Faculty is like a, a sci-fi okay. alien-y movie. I want to do like an anthology film. Okay. And then the movie we're doing for Halloween is right. uh, from the slasher genre. Okay. So I just kind of want to throw different like sub-genre, sub-genres out there. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's good. Good, good tactic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on this movie? It, Every uh, antho- The two anthology movies that never made air, you didn't like them. Well, Halloween uh, or, or, or trick, trick or treat. Trick or treat. I, I started coming around on that a little, like after I got some distance from it. Okay. As, I remember after watching a thing like this, it was dumb. It was still kind of dumb. The whole I don't like anthologies. I guess is, is what it comes yeah, down it's to. Yeah, what it sounds like. Yeah, but after getting some distance from the trick or treat, I think I liked it more after, <laughs> after just getting it away from me for a little while and yeah. kind of reflecting on it. I was like, okay, it was fine. Uh, this one is just it was it was too dated and the the stories weren't even that interesting. <laughs> uh, the the only one that had like a a, a semi decent concept, uh, I think I think was the first one, the mummy one, the cat one, or the love story. Ah, uh, see, <laughs> you can't tell. I got, the no, I got nothing. No, <laughs> because the the the. Uh, the the love story I, I that one I saw coming from a while away mm-hmm. like the, as soon as it, it like started unraveling I knew it was where it was gonna go mm. okay the mummy was just really disappointing okay and the cat was stupid <laughs> that's my favorite one <laughs> was it yeah <laughs> I couldn't believe it but it, it, but it opens up and you see uh we see Joy Lawrence or Matthew Lawrence one of the uh it's Matthew Lawrence Matthew mm-hmm. yeah I, I just I it tripped me out to see these people at, at in their younger states yeah twenty six years ago yeah. Like oof, it's just it was very weird. Julianne Moore hasn't really changed that. This much. was her first 
ever is that right? movie or thing, I, th- I think. Okay. Reading it on IMDb. She hasn't really aged that much Mm-mm. since this. It's like, yeah, she that's looks so, good. Yeah. Fantastic. Good for her. Buscemi aged really fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, Bush- well, part th- of him did. This was before Reservoir Dogs, too. Okay. It was like a year or two yeah. before Reservoir Dogs. Oh, was it only a year before? Or? Yeah, because Reservoir Dogs was like 91, 92. Okay. This was 90. So just, yeah. saw that, just saw that one again. Still still amazing. Mm-hmm. Still amazing. Uh, yeah, Buscemi seemed a lot younger than that. But <laughs> but he 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 did, he did a good job at playing this creepy role. Uh huh. It was a, okay. Should we start? Sure. Yeah. So we're <laughs> so we're, we're in a in an ideal like suburb. Yeah. Like, Trump's America, <laughs> quote unquote. And this woman, who do you know who this woman is? This actress. Well, she, she, she looks she's familiar. Not really an actress. No, but no, she's the lead singer. She's not even an actress. She's the lead singer of Blondie. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Deborah Harry. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Yes. That that I I would know her from that. And even when I was a kid, I was like, like, even as a kid, you know how when you're a kid, you just accept like, like, you know how devastated you were the first time you saw a movie that was bad? Because when you're a kid, all movies, they're not great, but you're just like, yeah, that was a movie. Yeah. I remember when you first see a bad movie, you're like, oh, movies can be bad. I remember as a kid, I was oh, like, man. what's wrong with this lady? Like, why is she acting weird? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like. You didn't like her acting even back then? No. Even back then, I was like, <laughs> why, is she, like why is she talking like weird? I didn't. Oh, but she's an actress. It's know. gonna take me a while to think of what the first bad movie I saw was. <laughs> I don't. I don't really remember, but because I guess the whole bubble thing that I was in. Uh-huh. I mean, I I remember looking back now on movies that I seen back then. I would think now are horrible, but yeah. at the time being like amazing. Yeah. Oh no! When did that bubble burst? I think one of my first movies where I realized movies could be bad was probably the Mario Brothers movie. Okay, because in my mind, uh, I, uh. in my mind, I, I created like the ultimate Super Mario Brothers movie. They're gonna get a mushroom. They're gonna jump and King. You know Koopa. what? Yeah, I'm probably on the board with you there. <laughs> but but it was more. It wasn't that the movie was bad. It was that it wasn't true to the source. Material. Yeah, it's like this is this is this is a made up movie and it's dumb. <laughs> not not the fact that it was bad acting or bad graphics or bad uh-huh. anything. It was just like that is not my Mario. So mm-hmm. get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. I'll have to think about that one day. Yeah. But, so I. I I didn't realize this. She's a witch, and she's gonna. Um, she's been feeding Matthew Lawrence, who's chained up in her pantry. Yeah, cookies to fatten him up. Right, and she's hosting a dinner party. So these people know they're eating a kid, right? I'm assuming. Oh yeah, I would, yeah, I would assume. So. <laughs> I'm assuming it's like a bunch of witches. Then yeah, like getting together and eating a kid. Yeah, because I mean, it seemed like she was meant, she was meant to present it. In a certain way, yeah, the way she put like the aluminum. Yeah, I'm surprised she was probably going to bring him out with like an apple in his mouth. That, yeah, that's like, what I was pig. picturing at some point. Yeah, and she's got that oven with a giant rack in there. <laughs> it's like it's like meant to uh, um, it's crematorium. And it type sh- of thing. Yeah. yeah, it shoots flames up like like a yeah like a crematorium. Yeah, <laughs> ovens, don't, ovens don't work like that. No, no, no. And by the way, you're going to overcook the cake very quick. <laughs> <laughs> with those fires. Yeah. Remember she's doing the math and she's like, how much do you weigh? Hmm, 75 pounds. 75 pounds divided by 12 is this. And uh, you have to be in the oven no later than one o'clock. Yeah. Lady, with that oven, you'll cook them in like two minutes. Right. How about you some magic? <laughs> oh, yeah. If you're a witch. <laughs> anyway, he's chained in there and he has a book. He has a tome. Yeah. And it's titled Tales from the Dark Side. like almost bigger than he is. Yes. It's huge. 
It's titled Tales from the Dark Side, and in there are different stories. So this is the frame story. Right. This is how we go from story to story to story. It's this kid reading her story. He's trying to buy time. Yeah, now, but this uh, the, the premise is already flawed at the beginning for me. I know. Because, because she's like saying, oh, what, you didn't like your book or something? And, and he's like, fuck you and your book. Yeah. <laughs> but then proceeds to be like, oh, wait, but here's all the stories I have memorized. Yeah. Like, I know where all these... It's like, so did you read the book? Did you not read the book? <laughs> also, she read this book at one, but she's acting like she's never heard the story. She's like, oh, wow, that was a cool story. Yeah. But she does. they do solve this. She says, oh, I haven't read that in so long. I couldn't tell you what any of them were. Yeah, but it looks in pretty good condition for it <laughs> being as long as I assume a witch would be around. Yeah. But I don't know. So is she singing Blondie songs? Is like <laughs> that her cover? And then she goes back? Yeah. What's a, what's a Blondie song? But, uh, I think Boots. <laughs> These boots are made for a walk. Yeah, also uh, The Tide is High, I think, is Blondie. Okay, if I oh. I got him confused with ABBA. Oh no no no! I know, I know. I was like, I, was, I, I didn't know Blondie was a group. I thought it was. The, I thought oh, it was, the, it was I, just her. I thought the girl's name was Blondie. <laughs> I thought that was her name. Okay, <laughs> such an idiot. Yeah, you. Yeah, people like people confused. Like, um, I remember thinking InSync was two people. I thought. <laughs> I remember seeing the video for No Doubt, and oh. um, the No Doubt song, uh, "You and Me." We used to be yeah. together. I thought that was Madonna. Oh, Because okay. she sort of looked like Madonna in that video. I can see that. So I was like, oh, wow, Madonna. This is a cool song. And okay. My friends were like, no, you idiot. It's not Madonna. <laughs> yeah. So he's going to read short stories from this tome. Tiles. And so you, knowing nothing about this, yeah. you thought this is like... So the title... Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. So you're like, okay, this has to be something. It has to be the movie version of something. Yeah, exactly. So you thought it was like a book series or right. something. I, th- I okay. thought it was a book, and maybe that that exact same book that he has mm. in his hands is what this movie is based off. Okay. Uh, kind of being a weird, like Princess Bride almost type of thing, where he's reading The Princess uh, yeah, yeah, Bride. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, no. No. It was based on a TV show. And actually, the I'm going to show you this off air. Okay. The intro to the TV show is kind of creepy. Oh. It has a, it's, it's, it's a really cool like beat. There's a voiceover and they're showing like shots of like the woods and like like scary shit from the woods. Okay. Like, did you watch uh, American Horror Story? I uh, I watched the first and third season. Okay, that's kind of how the intro is for that. It just has a bunch of has creepy music. It's just random images, random images of things that are probably like the first the first season's a house, so maybe murder house, living room, as Uh a patio pantry, not a pantry, but whatever. With the creepy creepy music, it's very effective as far as getting the blood going. I stopped after the the circus one. Uh, I I'm just like I get like you want to be shocking and have weird stuff, but sometimes this shit's way too weird. Like even for me, who yeah. likes horror movies. The first one was amazing. Second one sucked. Uh, third one sucked a little bit more, or it, it came up a little bit. That's the witches one. Yeah, the witches one was the yeah. And then the I, circus. I, I do want to watch the hotel though because of Lady Lady Gaga. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. The, this last season that, that just came out on Netflix. So it did, yeah. You would did. catch up on that. She won an Emmy for that. Oh, Emmy Gaga. she's an Emmy. She winner. is very talented. Yes, in a lot of different ways. Yes, and I'm I'm glad that she's getting some sort of. I remember when she first started coming out. People were talking shit like, "Oh, look how she dresses. Look how she acts. She's yeah. a fucking weirdo." And now she has a Grammy. She has an Emmy. She's got the E E G for the EGOT. She just needs a Tony and an Oscar. She's got the E EGOT. She could do a Tony. That's very what in her in yep. her wheelhouse. And I oh she has. Does she have an? She might have an Oscar for best song. Oh, she has the ego. Holy shit! <laughs> She's got. A, yes, uh, I think many would agree that she has an ego. Oh, fuck. 
Tra- you know, 30 Rock was the first time I ever heard of that. EGOT? Yeah, me too. Tracy Jackson. Or Tracy. Tracy Jordan. Tracy Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I got the EGOT, son. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. That's a real thing. Some people actually have e- an EGOT. Yeah. Mel Brooks has one. Whoopi Goldberg has one. And uh, another well-known person has one. I think but they, it's mainly like music composers because that's how they can get an Oscar for like composing yeah, like music well, that's cheating. and a Tony. Yeah. Like uh, David Allen Greer, I think is pretty close. Really? Yeah. Da- oh, he, he does do Broadway. Yes, he does. Okay. I think he's close to. I don't know if he'll ever get an Oscar though. Uh, I don't Probably know. Won't. I don't know. Maybe he's got a role coming up that he's going to. Who's the guy he does on Corolla? He does uh, Teddy Pendergrass. <laughs> Maybe they do a Teddy Pendergrass yeah. movie. <laughs> Uh, so our first tale from this tome yeah. is entitled Lot 249. This has Julianne Moore, Steve Buscemi, and Christian Slater, Christian very Slater. young Christian yes. Slater, who's now Mr. Robot. Have you seen Mr. Robot? No. Mr. Robot's good. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, all right. If you're going to go watch yes. Amazon <laughs> Prime stuff, go to our website first, click on the banner on the side of the website. It'll direct you there. Doesn't cost you anything. It helps support the show. Keeps helps keep the light on. It's a fun way to watch movies too. Yeah, Just having that Adam is really like just breaking breaking into the Amazon yeah. Prime. Every time I get, it's like every now and then I'll, I'll I'll forget about it and then I'll go watch it and be like, what the? Why am I wasting my time with Netflix or anything else? <laughs> the, th- the thing is greatest about it is as you're watching, you just click on the screen, like oh, tap on it, and it has like the IMDb on the side. Yeah, it'll tell you who's in that scene. Like who's that guy? Click and that yeah. trivia too. Yes. Uh huh. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's cool. amazing. And I like how they have the the ten seconds. In the middle yes, of the screen on the absolutely. left to the right. Yeah, just tap in the middle of the screen, it pauses. That is super efficient. Yes. Uh, so go to Amazon.com. Yeah. Okay, lot 249. So we in the segment, uh, it takes place in a college, I'm guessing an Ivy League college. Yeah. And C. Buscemi, who I guess is perceived as like a poor, oh, I'm just a poor kid who's struggling by at this university. Because- Is he? I think so. I think that's how they're, sold, they're selling this to you. No, no, Buscemi's a teacher. He's a teacher? Yeah. I thought he was a student. Oh, shit. Because at, right. at the end, he's getting fired. That's right. Yeah, no, he's- Oh, a- I thought they just kicked him. <laughs> I thought <laughs> they just, like, expelled him. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's a teacher that's a loser. Well, wait. Why is he losing in a grant race with a student? That douchey, blonde uh, jock guy. Oh, I don't know. Did you- <laughs> okay. That's right. I do remember that. <laughs> oh, he's a graduate student. Okay. So, he's like- he's maybe like he's a, Maybe he's a TA or something. No, he's like Jester. Okay. He's he's like uh, a sort of stu- right. he's uh, a, student teacher. An in-between phase. Yeah. So he's getting his master's, but he has to teach, too. Okay. That's what he is. Got it. So he is at an Ivy League school. His name is Bellingham, and he lost in a grant fucking thing. Like, he could have went 50000 or something for a grant yeah. towards his research into whatever, history or mummies, mummies or yeah. whatever. But it went to the uh, this blonde guy. And do you recognize this blonde guy? I, I had to find him on IMDb because I was like, where the fuck have I seen this guy? Uh, I saw him, I saw it on the uh, the side of the the X ray there on the app on the app. Okay, uh, he he becomes uh, like a guy that's like famous for military type roles. Okay, here's where you here's where you definitely know him from. Die Hard Two. Look behind yes. you. Yes, was it was Die Hard Two? No, he's in Die Hard Three. Three. He's the guy who's on the phone. And he goes, "I'm gonna need a confirmation with that." And Simon's like, "Oh, let, let yes. him live." And he goes, "Yes, sir. How may I help you?" Right. That's the, him. The, the one. The the best. Uh, English slash German accent out, out of all out the movies. Everyone in the crew. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's him. Yeah. I'm going okay. to need a confirmation yeah. on that, sir. <laughs> Let them live. Okay. Thank you. Yes, sir. What can I help yes. you with? That's him. That's, all that's right. this blonde guy. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, exciting. So this. I this, recognize him from something. Yeah. Like, he's a, some sort of. Okay. 
Yeah. Cool. He's always like a military guy. Like yeah. like in uh um there's a guy in a uh, few good men who was also in Black Hawk Down, who was also like, okay. there's, there's some people who are just always a military. Guy. Right. That's the, uh, the, what is it? Sarah typing, typecasting, typecasting, typecasting. Yeah. So pretty much pretty, uh, the way the story goes <laughs> is Tri- Christian Slater is best friends with this blonde, like douchebag. Christian Slater's sister is Julianne Moore. Who's dating the blonde douchebag. Right. And all three of them don't like Steve Buscemi for some reason. They never explained why. Pretty, I think she's just a nerd kid. He's the uh, Elijah Wood of the school. Oh, from the faculty? Yeah. Yeah. He's like that. And what happens is... They hate him because he's smart. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Movies always find a way for like the characters to like, hey, you're smart. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. Like the, the thing that always cracks me up, Corolla and Bill Simmons always bring it up in Con Air. Yeah. When, when, oh, yes. yes. When, when K- Cage comes back <laughs> from war and the, all the country bar guys are fucking with him, like, hey, country boy, hey, yeah. army man, you think you're all tough because you serve your country? Yeah. And Bill Simmons has a joke. He goes, you served our country. You're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's another thing Koala uh, complains about all the time is there's too, too many movies. Bad guys are just bad for the sake of being bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like, this guy, he walks around, he kicks a cat. Like, why? Because he's a bad guy. All right. There's no reason for that. Yeah, but he's a bad guy. Uh-huh. Cool. So, yeah, same kind of thing with, with this kind of guy. With the Steve Buscemi character, he's hated for no reason. Because <laughs> he's smart. Yeah. Well, I mean... It, but, but then again, that's the chicken of the egg thing. Now he becomes an asshole because everybody hates him. Yeah. So he's out for revenge now. Yes. So he buys this uh, thing online uh, through eBay, I guess. Uh, or... He wins a he wins an auction, and, okay. he, and the lot is called Lot Two Forty Nine. Which, by the way, this is based on a short story written by Arthur Conan Doyle, the oh, guy who created Sherlock, Sherlock. Holmes. So this oh. is a short story he did, but it has nothing to do with like it's. They borrowed elements from it. Okay. It's pretty much the original story is just a guy wins an auction and he doesn't know what he's winning. And lot 249 is an ancient sarcophagus. And there's a mummy. But he's not using it for fucking revenge (laughs) to to like (laughs) kill his enemies. They just just borrowed the name and some elements. Right. Which, by the way, is is, is what happens. Yes. I kind of just gave away the whole story. That's fine. It's a a short. All these stories can be summed up in like two minutes. Yeah. And they're dragged on a lot. It's because uh, Tales from the Dark Side episode is 30 minutes long. Each story is about twenty five to thirty. Okay. Well, that, that so it's like you're watching three episodes in one. Yeah, but <laughs> this is, it's like this is a movie. You don't need filler. With the TV show, you got to fill it out so you can have the commercials and shit. I know. They they, they could maybe make six. Why not make six anthologies? Little short stories in here then. Creep show. There's five. All right. See, uh, see that seems yeah. like a good use of time. Yeah. Because a lot of these the stories in these anthologies is like, ooh, here's a creepy thing. Oh, resolved. Next story. <laughs> Next story. All right. Set up, set up, Scroll set up. Text. Oh, creepy! Scroll Resolve. text. Scroll text. <laughs> right, exactly. Moving on. No, this is... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Creepy, creepy. Sorry, sorry, creepy. Sorry, sorry, creepy. Twist. And then you got the yeah, twist. Semi twist. Yeah. Boom. Next story. So pretty much, he wins this auction, and it is a, is a sarcophagus, and in there is a mummy. Buscemi opens up the corpse of the mummy, and inside the corpse of the mummy is a scroll. Right. And he can read... Third Kingdom or Third Dynasty, whatever hieroglyphics, hieroglyphics. Yeah, and he says this is going to make my career. So he wants revenge on the blonde guy and Julianne Moore. So he sends his mummy out as like his hitman. Right, two hitmen in this movie. Oh yeah, (laughs) we'll get to that one. Well, maybe maybe three even. Oh, that's yeah. Well, no, actually, the cat's more of a um, Mel Gibson from Payback. 
I have a theory on the cat. <laughs> okay. So, um, so he sends the mummy out to fucking kill the blonde guy, and he does the he does the uh, he gets a wire hanger, and he sticks up the blonde guy's nose, and he like pulls his brain out. Okay. Because that's the, oh, is that what that was? Yeah, Buscemi mentioned. Do you remember he mentioned they yeah. would stuff the body with flowers, and then they would take the brain out through the nose. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what okay. he does with the blonde guy. See, at the beginning, I was a little confused. I thought that the mummy was like taking the life essence out of the guy oh. to become human again, kind of like um, the mummy, oh, the uh, Brendan Fraser. One? <laughs> yeah, the Brendan Fraser. Okay, which uh, not a bad movie, I don't think. Yeah, not the first one anyway. Oh yeah, the third one when they go to Japan or Asia where they fight uh, fucking Jet Li. Jet Li. Oh god, that's terrible. <laughs> the Dragon Emperor or something. Yeah, that one's terrible. Oh boy. And we did the rock version of it, or the spinoff. We did the spinoff on spoilers, didn't we? We did the Scorpion King. Scorpion King, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, that one wasn't too terrible. No, it was fine. It was fine. It was a movie. It, it was what it was what you can expect from the Rock at, at, at that time. That was period. his first movie. Yeah, it's like from from his first offering. All right, to now, to now. It's like, whoa, yeah, it's a big jump. Oh boy, because now he's like the biggest action star we have. Oh, I guess that's true, huh? Bill Simmons on Grantland. When he had Grantland, he had a thing, uh, article called the Action Hero Championship Belt. Mm. So, so you know how like a wrestler wins the belt. So you got to beat the wrestler to get the belt. Yeah. And when they hold it, they're the champ for that year. So he broke down from the late '60s to present. Who held the Action Hero Championship who, Belt? Who would he be even up against at this point? The Rock. Uh, no. Daniel one. Craig is that the only really resistance? Ma- maybe. Channing yeah. Tatum had a chance, but we don't have any action stars. It, yeah, now it's just the what Rock. What the. It's all the old guys trying to be heroes again, like Schwarzenegger, Stallone. Yeah. Well, oh, how about like Thor? Would that count? Would the, would the comic world come into this? I guess, but those aren't. Those are they'll, those have action. Oh but, no! But they're not like are we out of action movies. Yeah. What the hell is happening? Oh, we have Gerard Butler. Yeah. London just fell recently. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we got Mars falling pretty soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no! That's so sad. Your boy held the belt. Yeah. For a diehard. He does, he does some action still sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My boy never held the belt. <laughs> In Bill Simmons' article. No, is that right? Yeah. He uh, never held it. That's too bad. But they put like top three in that era. Okay. And he, the best he did was part, it was in third place. No. Oh. In the eighties. So anyway, the mummy's uh, going <laughs> off and killing people. So he, so he lobotomizes the, the blonde guy. Right. And, and leaves the body in the house, and then the cops come. Yeah. Uh, the girl calls the brother. Yeah. Uh, Julianne Moore calls Christian Slater. Yeah. Come over. Uh, this guy's dead. Or you, do you know what's happening? <laughs> uh, Christian Slater somehow figures it out really, really easily, uh-huh. quickly, without much evidence of any kind. Yeah. Uh, puts it together, and then uh, the mummy goes after the girl. Yeah. Julianne be- Moore. Yeah, because... They screwed Buscemi out of his grant, so now he wants revenge. So the mummy goes to kill Julianne Moore, and I like this. They slash he, uh, the mummy slashed her back open, yeah, with, like scissors, and he stuffed flowers in her, yeah, and then he like <laughs> he wrapped her in like tape, like a mummy, yeah, like a shitty like seven year old mummy costume, right? Exactly. <laughs> it was like four pieces of gauze, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, that was her mummy costume. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> so the chief of police is like, oh wow, we got another murder. Another mummy-related murder. No, he doesn't say that. <laughs> I made that character up. I'm surprised they didn't throw a character out there like right. that. Yeah. Who's like, hmm, we should target the one person who knows mummies. Hey, wait a second. Yeah. That guy. 
So, so Chris just later figures out that it's Buscemi. Yeah, and and the he gets, he's getting fired from school. Did, did they explain why? Because he's because uh, he's out of money. Yeah, Ju- yeah, Julianne Moore. Well, the thing was she she was gonna plant like some missing artifact or something in his house. Oh, that's right, that's right. And they're like, hey, we heard rumors that you're fucking you stole this thing, and he's like, ah, oh, you can't find it, whatever. So they're gonna let him go. So he's about to leave, and then he gets knocked out cold. And and I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh shit, the mummy turned on him. Okay, <laughs> that's what I thought. So it's Christian Slater, and he has him taped up, and he's putting a, 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 a what is it called to light a fire? The uh, lighter fluid, lighter fluid all over but him. This is like this is like from a Zippo, from yeah. one of the Zippo Zippo replacement yeah. cans. <laughs> it's very tiny. Yeah, and he threw his master's thesis on the floor, and he goes, "I'm gonna set you on fire." He goes, "Why?" He goes, "Cause you killed my sister, and you killed my best friend." But Christian Slater is very smart. Yeah, he, he brings an electric uh, meat cutter thing. Yeah, because the power keeps going out in the building. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the turkey turkey cutter turkey cutter yeah, yeah whatever the, from Thanksgiving the, the, what you use to cut a turkey yeah. right and I like how the mummy coming behind him he catches it and he cuts his like leg off but the mummy's still trying to go after him this the, as easily as the mummy got taken down by Christian Slater how did he kill anybody before this <laughs> because like the, the mummy at the beginning was like all powerful and all of a sudden now he's just a regular guy in bandages uh-huh. like walking slowly and like oh you got my arm and ah oh, damn it. Oh, oh he, no, not my leg. No, give me my fingers back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, the moment became very weak at towards the end. Uh-huh. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe he was on just, not just metal. <laughs> so, by the way, I didn't know that the mummy was following orders until the very end. Mm. I thought he woke up the mummy and now the mummy's going crazy and killing people. Oh, okay. It wasn't until the end that I realized, oh, I guess you can send somebody after to do your bidding. <laughs> All right. And Buscemi said he says uh it's the perfect crime. He has no fingerprints. Yeah. Nobody's going to nobody's going to he's got a 3000 uh year old alibi or something. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So by Buscemi good at being a, this creepy guy. Yes. That this is like the role he was he was made to play. These kinds of roles. Mm-hmm. Which which is funny because um in Mr. Pink in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. In that role, he's like the fucking, like, whoa, this guy's the best one out of all these guys. Like, he's the badass one. He has all the best lines. He has the best monologue. He has yeah. this. So that's like, so you have him in like these weird roles where he's like very creepy, but then a year or two later, you got him in Reservoir Dogs. You're like, that's the fucking star yes. of the movie. And then he goes back to being creepy. creepy yeah. Then creepy, Adam creepy. Sandler makes him a, a, an idiot yeah. again for a long time. <laughs> uh-huh. And then here comes Boardwalk Empire. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. He's amazing again. Uh huh. That guy's got range. Yep. He's got to stop accepting. Adam Sandler rules, though. I know. Adam Sandler has to stop accepting Adam Sandler rules, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Rob Schneider. Uh, Rob Schneider, as well. That's part yep. of his crew. This, Spade. Yep. Uh, Spade. Spade's not as bad, but he's he still uh, was guilty by association. Kevin James, too? Guilty by association? Not as much. I, out of all of them, he's the, I, I feel like the most... Uh, he can break out of yeah, his most, crew. But then again, Mall Cop. I know. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. I heard they might be making a third one. Holy shit. Yeah. Ha- All right. Anyway. <laughs> this was my least favorite of the of the three stories, the the mummy one. It was yeah. like it was whatever. So pretty much what happens is he's putting lighter flow all over him and he says, I'm gonna set you on fire, but first I'm gonna light I'm gonna I'm gonna take out your mummy. So he takes the mummy out and he, he cuts him through the jaw, the mummy. Yeah. And he throws his head in the fireplace. He goes, Oh, that takes care of that. And right. then he said he's going to uh and then he said that he's going to. Um, he asked for the scroll, but like, but before I set you free, give me where's the scroll at? And he says it's in my desk. So he gets the thing, and yeah. he's gonna light it on fire. And he goes, "No, don't do that." And he says, 
it's irreplaceable. And Christian yeah. Slater's like, sorry, you killed my sister. Yeah. That kind of gives me carte blanche. Right. So he sets the thing on fire. Well, this is a good line, too, here. Like, he's about, he's about to kill Buscemi. And it's something that I, I never thought, I never heard in any of the movie before. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that's clever. Where he's like, um, you can't you can't kill me. He's like, why? You killed my my sister, and my brother. He's like, killing them won't bring me back. He's like, well, will leaving you alive bring them back? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, good one. Uh, yeah, it's a good comeback. <laughs> That's a really good comeback. <laughs> but he pretty much says like, what if I can bring them back? Like he says, he makes like him some offer like that to him. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So I missed that part again. Yeah. So then Buscemi's leaving. And he has his bags, and he's like, all right, sorry for, for killing your sister. Yeah. <laughs> so he just lets him go. Yeah, you'll, he, you'll never see me again, but uh, I'll try to keep in touch yeah. as, as he walks away. <laughs> so he's in the cab, and he's laughing, and he's reading a scroll. And yeah. the cabbie, who's like some fucking like <laughs> punk rock. What? This is it's, sent- like a, it's like a punk rock fucking cab. Yeah. It's like the, whoever pierced his whole like body also decorated, pierced the cab. <laughs> decorated the entire yeah. cab. <laughs> the guy's like, what are you laughing at? And he goes, yeah. this guy can't recognize a third fucking kingdom hieroglyphic thing yeah, scroll, scroll from a Babylonian yeah. porn thing. <laughs> he's like, no. And then it's Christian Slater on the phone. Yeah, and then he's like, "Okay, mom, I'll I'll be there later." And then you hear, uh, "What's his name?" Uh, Belling Bellingham sends his regards, and he turns around. It's a sister and his best friend reanimated as zombie yeah. as a fucking zombie mummies. Yeah, and that's and the that's that. the end of that one. Right. So we go back to the kitchen, and she's like, mm, "I don't really like that story. It doesn't have a love story in it." Yeah. So like, <laughs> Deborah Harry's like. Obsessed with hearing a story. Like, she wants to hear a story before she kills this kid about love. Right. Meanwhile, what is she doing this whole time? She's, like, prepping. She's, like, yeah, getting well, all the side dishes. I don't see any side dishes or anything. There's no, <laughs> she's, she's not chopping carrots. <laughs> she's getting... Or she's getting her... She's sharpening her knives. Or she's she's getting, like, her seasoning ready. Yeah. So the kid's like, oh, no, wait, wait, one more time, one more time. He's like, oh, I gotta start I gotta start preparing it right now. And, she, and he's like, oh, here's another story. Here's another one. It's a good one. This one's so scary. I had to stop reading it twice. I'm like, all right, let's let's hear it. And a uh, story about a rich dude. Super oh, rich. my favorite story. I fucking love <laughs> this story. This is my favorite out of all three of them. All right. Okay. So the hitman who gets hired, he, he has two names. His name is David Johansson, who I don't know if you know this, Adam. David Johansson was the lead singer of a glam rock band for the 70s called the New York Dolls. Okay. I, know, I recognize Johansson. Oh, da- Scarlett. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so David Johansson, he also went by an alias, Buster Point Dexter. That sounds familiar. You know that song, Hot, Hot, Hot. Dun, dun, yeah, Hot, Hot, Hot. Yeah, That's him. The Jamaican party song. So this is another musician who wants to be an actor in this movie. Oh my! So yeah, lead singer Blondie, lead singer of the New York Dolls. Okay. And <laughs> uh, David Johansson, you most likely will know him. Did you ever watch Scrooged? No. Bill Murray Scrooge? No. He's the ghost of Christmas past. Okay. He's the guy who grabs... It's on my list of things to watch. He's the cab driver who's the ghost of Christmas past. Okay. So that's David Johansson. He's the hitman. We don't know he's a hitman yet. He's just a guy in a suit, and the cab the cab driver takes him to this mansion. Right. And the guy says, the old man says to keep this running, so go yeah. and do your business. He goes in, I guess the rich man's paying the cab guy a lot of money to just hang out while this, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. So the old man in the wheelchair is William Hick- Hickney? William Hickey? Sure. William Hickey. You've seen him in stuff. I know you have. You must have seen him in some show or movie from this era because he died in like the mid-90s. Okay. I've, I know him best from um, a Tales from the Crypt episode that I really liked. Okay. Oh, all right. That's what I know him best from. Okay. Which is a really cool story. But anyway. So his job is to go 
there to kill a cat. He gives William Hickey gives David yeah. Johansson fifty thousand dollars in cash up front, and he says, "You get the rest of the fifty thousand when you bring me the body." Right. Which, by the way, is my favorite form of payment ever since the jackal. Yes. Uh, half now, half upon completion. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect way to payment. Yeah. Because you have your capital to set up the whatever you got to do, mm-hmm. and then once you're done, payday. Yeah. Fantastic. Bruce Willis, man. <laughs> yeah. And the old man says, the person I want you to kill is right behind you. And he turns around. He has a knife it's, out. A switchblade? A switchblade. Or, yeah. <laughs> this guy's a hitman, dude. He's armed at all times. I guess. And it's a cat. It's a black cat. This story is called The Cat from Hell. And this is actually a Stephen King short story. Oh. This story was supposed to be in Creepshow 2. Okay. But the budgetary reasons, it couldn't be involved. And they were thinking, maybe we'll do Creepshow 3 one day. It never came around. Well, there is a Creepshow 3, but it sucks. Okay. (laughs) So you find out that this cat showed up one day, and the uncle from Breaking Bad works for them. Yeah. Is it Hector or something? Hector, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Right. You're a little rata. And the guy's just (laughs) sitting there like, hmm. Ding, 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 ding. And then when Gus figures it out. Yeah. What? And still do. When he walks out, Uh, that's the most ridiculous part. As realistic as Breaking Bad is. When Gus walks out, fixing his tie with missing half a face. Oh, I don't buy that. That's bullshit, I totally dude. buy that. That's bullshit. No, nah, adrenaline, man, <laughs> makes you do crazy things. It's the same adrenaline that makes women pick up cars for their kids. Yeah. It's like, you just like, you're like, ah, your body takes over mm-hmm. and you do things. And then at that point, adrenaline fades off and then, good night. Yeah. Mm. So this cat shows up out of nowhere. And the only there's only four people living in this mansion. It's this guy, his sister. Four old people. <laughs> sister's, kinda... Yeah, sister's best friend. Yeah. And then this guy who works for them, their butler, Hector. Right. And this cat just shows up one day and the sister this is all told through flashback. Sister is uh this is our exposition part of the story. Which by the way is, is dumb. Also because the, the way this whole exposition thing starts is I want you to kill the cat. What? Let me give you some backstory. <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Give, give me the money, I'll kill the cat, I'll be out of here. Uh uh-huh. I'll be hundred thousand dollars in ten minutes? Fantastic. We don't need to drag this on. So <laughs> by the way, you're getting closer to midnight. Yeah, this longer you tell your story. By the way, the hitman, he should have like no problem that the target's a cat. If anything, he should be like, "That's it, a cat. You drag me all the way here with a cat. Fuck right, it. exactly. Yeah. I don't give a shit why you want this cat dead. Yeah, I got a gun in my room right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, we'll shoot it together. <laughs> no, Scott, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so the sister befriends the cat, and the cat fucking. Uh, kills the sister first. Yeah, like trips her on the way down the stairs. Because she she's falls drunk. Down the stairs. She boom, 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 falls down the stairs, breaks her neck. Right. Uh, very much like uh, Death Becomes Her. Yes. Another Bruce Willis Another movie. Another Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the old man is like, in the flashback, he tells the sister's friend, which I don't know why that lady's still living in the house. Sister's dead. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, uh, this guy the whole time knows it was the cat. Yes. Girl, sister falls down the stairs. Oh, it was that damn cat. All right. It's like, they said accident, but I knew. I knew. Like, uh-huh. well, how did you know? Yeah, you're like the head of a fucking pharmaceutical company. You the must have cats. power. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then he's like, give me the cat, Barbara. Give me the cat. And he's chasing after her with the wheelchair. And she's like, no, the cat's mine. So he, so now she sleeps with the cat. And this is actually, my grandma told me this. My grandma hates cats. I don't like cats. I guess she gets scared by cats. Oh, okay. Not because of this movie, but uh, just okay. they're fucking scary in general. All right. My grandma always told me, don't ever sleep in a bed with a cat, because the cat will, will will suffocate you. And that's what happens to this lady. I never heard that. Yeah. My okay. grandma told me that. And then I saw this movie. I was like, holy shit. She was right. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So the cat gets on the friend's face and suffocates her, and that's how she dies. Yeah. And then Hector is ordered by the old guy, take this thing to the vet. Yeah. Put it down. Get it out of here. Mm-hmm. So he's driving on, and he's driving down like... But his whole thing is, I, for- I forgot what time it was when I sent him to the vet. Because apparently this all happens at midnight. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so instead of putting him in like a cage... With like five padlocks, yeah. He puts them in like a wicker basket. It's a, it's a picnic basket, <laughs> yeah. But the very easy way to open it, yeah. The cat sticks his hands out. You can actually see the cat moving it, yeah. So it can jump out. So the cat jumps out and claws him while he's driving. He's like, "Oh no!" And he loses control, and boom, it dies in another explosion. Yeah, <laughs> like Breaking Bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so now we go back to the present, and David Johansson's just sitting there, like, "Oh, interesting," and. uh the cat jumps in David Johansson's lap. Yeah. And he says, oh, is this the little cat you're scared of? I'm like, dude, why are you wasting t- Just snap its neck. That's it. And money. you're done. Who, can't, why, Who why gives you... a shit about the backstory? If you're a hitman, it's all about the money. Yeah. So, yeah, this, again, I don't, keep your backstory, old man. You know who wouldn't give him a shit about a backstory? Who would have ended it right there? John Wick. John Wick. John Wick versus this cat? Although, I don't know. He, he says a thing for animals. Oh, that's true. It would it would be the jackal. The jackal for sure would do it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Tom Cruise and Collateral definitely uh, okay. would have done it. Yeah, sure. He's a good hit man. Well, not really. He lost to a cabbie at the end. Yeah, but he was badass through most of the movie. Yeah, till the end. Oh boy, he lost it at the end. What are the hitmen? What would it be? Leon? No, he wouldn't have done it. Yeah, he's a soft spot. Yeah. You know what? A lot of movie hitmen. Uh, you can easily uh, sway them. Bullet dude. tooth Tony. For sure. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't have no fucking problems. (laughs) He would grab the thing by its neck. Is this the fucking cat you're looking for? This cat right here. (laughs) He would probably step on it. Yeah. Just squash its head. Right. (laughs) You know what my favorite part of Snatch is? It's when, uh, what's his name? Abby? Abby? When Abby gets off the plate and that Jewish, the guy who thinks he's Jewish. Yeah. He goes, Abby. And he goes, shut up and sit down, you You big bald bald fuck. fuck. Yes. That's great because the, the, the it's, it's led up by a montage of him getting on the plane, taking a shot. <laughs> Abby, shut up. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. All within like five seconds. There's so much packed into that. And later on in the movie, he's walking around London with Bullet 2 Tony. And Bullet 2 Tony says some like weird British thing. And he goes – and Abby goes, I thought you guys invented the fucking language. I can't understand a goddamn thing anyone's saying out here. <laughs> my favorite part is when he's shooting Boris in the hallway. And Boris is just like, fuck you. <laughs> he shoots him again. <laughs> fuck you. Are you kidding? You just keep shooting him. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, replica. Yeah. Desert. Oh, such a good movie. Yeah. All right. Now Watch that, Snatch, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Now that's a fucking hitman. Yes. Who could have t- taken this cat out? Yes. Actually, I don't know. I mentioned earlier I have a theory. I think this cat is like a demon. I think it was sent from hell. Okay. And it's impossible to kill. I see. Because we find out that this is where we find out that the old man is the head of a pharmaceutical company that makes some like it's like a um, mix of like it's like a narcotic mix with a painkiller. Right. It's like junky shit. Yeah. But it's pharmacy grade. Yeah. But yeah. it's legal. And it's like, would it be like Oxycontin type of thing? Yeah. I'm not but, sure exactly what that is, but it's, it's but like, legal drugs. Yeah. But a lot like shittier. Yeah. And, and you find out that they tested this on 5,000 cats, 3,000 cats, cats in order to make this drug work for the rich white people. I, I, don't you usually test it on something that's rats? Something. Wouldn't you test it on like a monkey? Something that's a similar yeah. makeup to humans? And then that was that was another bullshit line too. Like we we use only cats because they're a specific female or of a, a DNA or something. They're they're into their system. Like, uh, what? 
Cats? <laughs> that's that's the closest thing you can get to a human? <laughs> Pretty sure we got the monkeys. Uh-huh. But then again, I wanted to see Killer Ape. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Amy. Wants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Martini. <laughs> Amy doesn't like pill. Amy doesn't yeah. like pill. Yeah. That's, Ugly. that's our Congo episode. Yeah. Okay. So... Holy the, shit. The, we have we ways to go here. All right. That's fine. <laughs> so the old man says, all right, I'll give you the 50000 Bring me its tail so I can burn it in the fire. You have uh, booze. You have food. You have everything you could ever ask for. And then he gets in the cab and yeah. he takes off. Asking for the tail, by the way, that seems like a weird move. Because he's very vindictive, dude. He wants to make sure this thing yeah, is Yeah, well, dead. get the face. Get the head so you, oh, you yeah. can recognize it. Uh-huh. Any tail will do. <laughs> Cat's tail is not indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. All right. That was a hard one to say. Yeah. <laughs> so he's there and fucking now the guy's like, okay, so I'm here to kill a cat. Yeah. Well, the cat's in his lap. Uh, he's like, oh, I can kill the cat right now if you want me to. And then the cat, like, he tries to strangle it and then the cat fucking claws his hand. Yeah. The cat realizes what, what, what his game is. And like, uh-huh. all right, now I'm after you too now. Yeah. And he runs away, and he goes, it's not going to be that easy, Mr. Drogan. No, Drogan's the old man. Mr. Halston. Halston. Yeah. Mr. Halston. When he shows up at the end. Mr. Halston. Yeah, so so he, the next five, ten minutes is him going around the house trying to get the cat. Uh, it's not working. We play some pool. He's trying to use po- uh, poison. When I was a kid, and he had the needle in his hand, and yeah. he kept missing the cat, I thought he was going to fall and inject himself in the leg oh, with, okay. with the needle. When I was a kid, that's where I thought this was going. Okay. I kind of saw that, but that's not how it, how it worked out. Right. And then he goes on to get a a, a, a pistol with laser sight on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> which, by the this laser sight is like pretty much as big as a gun. Yeah. It's on top of the damn thing. Oh, it was 1990. Yeah. They weren't as sleek but, but back that's, then. But that's, that's a movie thing. Yeah. The laser sight. If you're an actual hitman that does really good work, you don't need that shit. Yeah. No, you, just line, you just line it up and you shoot. Mm-hmm. But, but I, guess, I guess this is to illustrate the point to us. That he was aiming right at the cat at one point. And it's still, he still missed. And he still missed somehow. Shot the TV out, the big tube TV. And he goes, that's not possible. Yeah. Oh, by the way. <laughs> he go, I love the line where he's looking through his liquor cabinet. And he goes, why do all the rich guys buy the cheapest shit? And then he opens the fridge and there's like two eggs, a block of cheese and like what, bread. Yeah. And he goes, oh, oh everything, everything in the world. Yeah. Huh? Come down to the coast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the claw, the cat's like fucking with him. Like he scratches his like his crotch. Yeah, and he claws his back face of his and neck. Stuff. And yeah, the yeah. back of his neck. And he said, "This is a five hundred dollars shirt. Now I'm really gonna kill you." Or he right. says something like yeah, that. Now I have a reason. Yeah, now yeah. I have a reason to kill you, yeah. cat. All right. Like, oh, it's personal. Uh huh. My dry cleaner's not gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he aims straight on. Yeah, misses. misses. Runs away. And this is so dumb. I know. This is I knew you were so... going to fucking hate this. It's ridiculous. Describe it. The, the, the cat eventually just runs at him and jumps at him. And he's like doing this the same, same similar move that happened to the lady that was suffocated. Uh-huh. Cat's attached to his face. He's running around like, ah, oh, it's on my face. It's on my face. And then the cat just like, it's like, starts like, looks like he's making out with him. And then eventually enters his mouth. And little by little, the cat goes down the dude's throat. Into his stomach. Into his stomach. And does a weird alien type of thing with the with skin popping out. And then just like falls asleep in the stomach, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, he was lulled to sleep by the, all the hydrochloric acid. <laughs> and um, it just, just stays there. And, and, uh, and by the way, the clock is broken at this point. Yes. They broke the clock. 
As, because so, he was shooting, he was shooting yeah. everywhere in the house. So it got stuck at like eleven fifty nine or something. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, old guy comes back in, Mister Austin, yeah. Mister oh. Austin. Oh no! Yeah, he sees he sees <laughs> David Johansson in a fucking pool of blood. He's like, oh no! <laughs> and then the fucking cat comes back out of him. Yeah. Well, the, the, first of all, the clock resets itself. The, oh yeah, spring uh, yeah, comes out. Spring, bang! Oh, now it's midnight again. Even uh, though it probably isn't midnight. Uh, yeah, the cat slowly. <laughs> Comes back out of the guy's mouth. <laughs> Huge missed opportunity. Out the chest. Out the stomach. Yeah. That's gruesome. No, right back out the mouth again? Oh, boy. They could have referenced Alien. Yeah. Or or anything. Maybe just break out of his face or something. Or stomach. Yeah. Stomach. Claw, claw out of the stomach. Anything. Right out, out of the ass. it's established he has like razor sharp claws. Yeah. Well, no. Just comes back, back out the mouth. And, uh, and you're and you're probably like, Jesus Christ. I can't. I can't believe it. <laughs> And he's he's wet and like he just got bored, and the old man is like, "Oh God!" He's reaching for his fucking heart meds or whatever, and the cat jumps in his lap, and she, uh, the cat causes him to die of a heart attack. I'm guessing, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm guessing a heart attack, and he's like, Ugh! and he just drops his, drops pills, his pills, and he's just sitting there, and the cat just is licking himself. Yep, and that's that story. Yep, back to the kitchen. <laughs> Here we are. All right, now it's time to cook you for real. Uh huh. Uh, that story was fine, but there's no love in there. I like love stories. Oh, wait. Wait. I got a love story. Here's one. Here's one. Okay, but just one more. All right. And then we go to this story. It's called The Lover's Vow. Yeah. Okay. When I was a kid, this was my favorite. Okay. But then, as an adult, I'm like, oh, that definitely that cat one. Because it's so stupid. It's real dumb. Uh-huh. I-, I like at one point during the story, they reference a, a dumb scene from earlier. Uh, The kid, anyway. But we'll get that in a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, so Lover's Vow. This one is uh, has James Remar, a guy you've seen and stuff. He's yeah. he's Raiden in the Mortal Kombat movie, the sequel. No, never saw it. Okay, the first Mortal Kombat movie had our Highlander guy, the guy who can't act. Oh, he was oh. Lord Raiden. Yeah. You must go to Azerworld. <laughs> <laughs> and then James Remar comes back, and he's uh, fucking Lord Raiden. Anyway. I, I know him from other things. Yeah, you, he's been in... On IMDb has 190 credits. Oh boy! So he's he's definitely been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Character actor minefield, because also in the story is fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, his agent. Yeah, a- he's also in things. His agent is also in things. What the fuck is his name? I wrote it down. Robert Klein. Robert Klein is in this too. I oh, love Dexter. Robert he's Dexter's dad. That's uh, where I know oh, I never from. watched Dexter. Oh yes. So James Remar is Dexter's dad. Yes. He's the guy that gave Dexter his code of uh, how to kill and who to kill and everything. That's right. Was his dad a serial killer too? No, he was a cop. Oh, but he realized his son at an early age was fucked up, (laughs) and like, all right, I'm gonna help you channel this son. Uh, If you if you need to kill, these are the people you should be killing, Mm -hmm. the bad guys, Mm -hmm. and make sure they're bad first. There's a whole vetting process. It's a whole okay. This 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 you learn this over the course of all the seasons. It's not like the first episode. Oh, dad showed me how to kill people, but it it was was good. Is Dexter good? Dexter's real good up until the last season. That's what Sarah, my wife Sarah, she loves Dexter. That's yeah. like the only scary thing she's ever watched. Okay, but, but I'm guessing it's not scary. It's, uh, it's just, not scary. No, it's gruesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's gory at, at points, but I just hear Lithgow. He's like, oh nuts my god, the, in that mo- in that, that show. was the best. That was the best season in the entire series. It was Lithgow, the, the Trinity, Trinity killer. Oh my god, I love Lithgow. So many good things. Oh, I just got really excited. So I should watch Dexter. Yeah. Okay. But be, be prepared, prepared for, for the huge final letdown. Okay. Ginormous letdown. I would say worse than Lost, if you ever watched Lost, as far as letdowns. No. 
I never got into Lost. That's good. Don't do that. I know. <laughs> that one you should avoid. Uh-huh. So James Remar, he's a uh, struggling New York artist who lives in this huge... This guy has no money. He's a struggling artist, but he lives in this huge loft in New York. Yeah. Okay. Sure. He's he's such a struggling artist that he's resorted to making fucking popsicle stick art. <laughs> yeah. Did you catch that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like one popsicle stick broke. He's like, God damn it. Yeah, he's making a bridge of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he goes down to a bar, to a, like a neighborhood dive bar where he yeah. meets Robert Klein, who's another character actor who's a, actually a stand up comedian. You've seen him in stuff. I'm sure. Oh, you yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And he, and that you find out Robert Klein is his agent. Yep. And pretty much Robert Klein lets him go. He says, sorry, I can't rep you anymore. And he goes, you're a monster. How can I survive on nothing? And I love this line from Robert Klein. Perfect. He goes, well, I can't survive on 10% of nothing. Yeah, man. He delivered it like Giamatti in uh, the Ides of March. Ides of March. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like, oh, we never had the intention of bringing you on. Right. It's, it's almost like you can't be mad at him. Yeah. Because like, no, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It makes sense. Yeah. You're not, he's not really being a dick here. Yeah. And they, they paint him out to be such a dick. Like the artist is, is the, is the victim here. Uh huh. Like, you're not doing anything. You're not selling anything. Of course you got, no, you need to get a real fucking job then. Yeah. And Robert Klein even gives him like 20 bucks under his drink. He's like, there you go. Yeah. He's like, see ya. Which I guess is enough to get him drunk for the rest of the night. Because <laughs> it like cuts to like four hours later and he's like like almost passed out. Uh-huh. There's 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 a guy in the bar, Max or Marco or something. Some name that starts with an M. Sure. He's knocked out cold and the bartender's like, all right, I'm going to lock up. What about that guy? Maddox. Oh, Maddox. Uh, what about Maddox? Oh, I'll let him out in the morning. So they're in the back alley and James Remar's going to take a piss. Right. And you hear like weird like... <laughs> Like shady shit happening, so yeah. the bartender pulls out his gun because this is this is pre Giuliani New York. Okay, could have been so, a bomb. so it's still like fucking <laughs> crazy out there. Yeah, and I don't know where this guy's fucking head just gets lopped off. Well, his, first his hand. Oh yeah, his hand gets chopped off. Yeah, and then then his head gets, <laughs> gets knocked off. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, there's a giant gargoyle that just shows up. Adam, what's going through your mind right here? Are you like okay? Yeah, what <laughs> what? <laughs> There was like there was no prep for it. It was like no foreplay. Just like here's a gargoyle. Like, wait, <laughs> how did we get here? Yeah, and then kills the guy. Turns around and like, oh, okay, here we go. No, spare me. Okay, I'll make you a pro- a promise. Yeah, you must never tell anyone what I look like, who I am, what you've seen today. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and, and and then the thing goes. Uh, Cross your heart and slashes his fucking chest. He's yeah. like, ah, and the thing disappears. I was ar- I-, I was already out. <laughs> okay, I was I was done with the story already at okay. this moment. Because what motivation does the gargoyle have at this point? Uh huh. You, you, you just killed the guy, and then suddenly, yeah. Why oh, did you make that promise to that right. guy? <laughs> I'll spare you. I just had uh, my quota was filled with just that one guy tonight, so mm-hmm. I'll let you off the hook and never kill again. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> what? It didn't make sense. There yeah. Was, there was nothing there. Why didn't that bartender get a promise? Right. Where was his deal? <laughs> but I think uh, because the first shot is him building his popsicle bridge or whatever, and then the camera goes up and you see a gargoyle statue looking straight down. Oh. So I think that statue is this gargoyle who's oh, been watching him. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, huh. very subtle. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's the gargoyle who's been watching him. So I think the gargoyle like knew who this guy was. Okay. So I think because the gargoyle was watching him, this thing was like, yeah, I know you. I know you. I don't know this fucking bartender. Fuck this guy. Sl- flop All right. off of his head. So James Rumar is like, oh, God. And he's running and he runs into this fucking chick. Do you know who she, her dad is famous. Do you know who her dad is? I do not. Her last name's Chong. Um. Oh, 
Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong. It's, yeah. This is his daughter. Okay. How did I know that he had a black daughter? I don't know. Her name's like Ray Quan Chong or something. Yeah. Like but, that, but that was like knowledge that I had somehow. Oh, okay. Well, this is Tommy Where Chong's daughter. From? All right. A lot of interesting people this movie. We got Tommy Chong's daughter. Yeah. You got the lead singer of Blondie. Yeah. You got the lead singer of the New York Dolls. Yeah. We got Christian Slater. We got Julianne Moore's first role. Julianne Moore. Young Buscemi. We got the guy from Die Hard. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to need a confirmation on that too. Yeah. That's so good. So his accent was better than Hans's. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Because he switched seamlessly from, mm-hmm. from, from like straight accurate German uh-huh. to perfect American English. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. See, that's you, you should train to your entire career. Kill him, Simon. Yeah. Do it now. I told you not to toy with him. <laughs> Thank you. That's very helpful. <laughs> oh, man. Got to t- turn safety off while, while he's eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you got to do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that, movie, I, that movie comes up more than the fucking first one. Yeah. Part three? Yeah. Well, especially now that it's, it's like being reanimated in our minds. Yeah. <laughs> did, did I oppress you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would have been dope if this gargoyle gave him like a Simon Gruber clue yeah. in order to survive. <laughs> yes. Like the gargoyle's like, I met a man with seven wives. Each wife <laughs> has seven sacks. Uh, where's, where's the guy going? <laughs> Fuck the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you have 30 seconds to give me the answer. Yeah. And then Remar's like Bruce Willis. All right, we got seven guys. <laughs> Shut up, McLean. <laughs> I can do this. Right. So promise, yes, fine. Gargoyle leaves. He... Uh, this girl walking down the alley, he pretty much ass- assaults her, uh, like tackles her into the wall. Like, don't move! What are you doing out here? It's dangerous. She's like, I'm looking for a cab. You see a fucking cab yeah. around here? And I can picture Bruce Willis delivering yeah. that line. A cab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not safe out here. Come to my house. Yeah. Okay. She's like, sure. Right. First, he is okay. Uh, 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 so many things wrong with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he like slams her against the wall. Uh, which she should be freaking out already. Be yes. quiet, be quiet. I'm not gonna hurt you. Be quiet. It's dangerous out here. You're not gonna get a cab. Come to my house. We'll call a cab from there. <laughs> what the? What woman in the right, right mind? Like, okay, I'll come with you. Yeah. And th- and that's when I, I already I'm already like okay I know what's happening. Yeah, here. Clicked, you know the twist. It clicked in. The twist already came in the, into my head. Well, my six year old mind. Yeah. I thought, that twist was like what? Mm. Okay. Because remember, the first time I saw this, I was six. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so I was like, what? No way. And Sarah doesn't like scary movies. So she asked me this morning when we were coming back from boot camp. Yeah. She's like, what movie are you guys watching? And I told her it was this. She goes, what is that about? And I told her about the Gargoyle one. And she's like, let me guess. <laughs> like, right when I said, <laughs> right when I said, okay, there's a girl walking down the street. And, she, and then Sarah goes, let me guess. <laughs> and then she got the twist. All right. Very good. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So there is a twist coming if you haven't seen this movie. Right. So she fucking falls in love with him. Yeah. And they start dating. They start dating. She has a connection somehow with another statue somewhere else. Oh, she has uh, her. <laughs> her, her, <laughs> she tells James Remar she has a friend of a friend who owns an art gallery. And he's like, oh, that's, she's like the hardest gallery owner in town. Yeah. That's not just a friend of a friend, but he's like secretly drawing the gargoyle. Yeah. And he's like secretly drawing and like creating things that remind him of the gargoyle. Yeah. For, I don't know why. Whatever reason. Yeah. So he goes to the bar the next day. I love this. And then that, what's that guy's name? Maddox. Maddox. <laughs> the fucking cops pull him out of the bar. Yeah. And he's like, I swear to God, I don't know what happened, man. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that was another thing that was really stupid. 
uh, as, as uh, I'm friends with a bartender, uh-huh. uh, where we will hang out, uh-huh. and when it's time to close up, you you lock up and you get out of there. Fine. Uh, the way this bar was locked, there was like chains on the outside yeah. of the door. Like, full-on, like, huge chains uh-huh. locking the like door. Like The Walking Dead, the first episode right. in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I, and then once the gar- gargoyle shows up, he runs back to the bar, and he's pounding the door. Let me Open in. Open up. Let me in. <laughs> They're locked from the outside <laughs> with giant chains. Once he, like, even if the guy on the side woke up, yeah. he's not going to let you in. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's... I don't know why that upset me so much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That may be bad, too. <laughs> so, the fucking guy... He Maddox was like, "I didn't do it. I swear." Yeah. So we're we're he led, cut his head off. Yeah, we're led to believe that oh, he's gonna go to jail for murdering the bartender, right? But then cut to the fucking gallery, and this guy has all his art on display. And Maddox walks in, he's like, "Hey, man, it's good to see you again." I was like, "What the fuck? You're out on the streets? Yeah. What the fuck happened?" Well, I guess he was locked inside from the outside, so maybe he couldn't have killed. That's true. So alibi. But I guess he's drunk or maybe. I don't know. But he's like, oh, oh, yeah, you Jam- know things about the night, right? Yeah, because James Rumar is like, ah. Yeah, why don't you get out of here before somebody puts a lighter to your mouth? Because yeah. <laughs> all the alcohol coming out of his system. Yeah. And uh, he does a weird freak out move. And now we cut to, I guess, a year later or. It's 10 years later. 10 years so, later. So, yeah, like they fall in love or whatever. Yeah. It's 10 years later, he's now a very successful artist. Yeah. Or he owns his own gallery, something like that. And Robert Klein is his agent again. Yeah. And they got two kids. They have two kids. And they're married, and uh, the wife finds she finds something in his desk, and she rips off a piece, and she's like, "Hmm, what's this?" And it's Halloween night, and the kids and Robert Klein and James Remar are coming back from trick or treating. Yep. And they're like, Robert Klein's like, "All right, see him and t- get a cab." I'm like, "Wait a minute, you're a successful guy, and you're forcing your kids to live in this fucking loft in this shitty neighborhood?" Oh yeah. Well, it's ten years later. It's now the year two thousand. Okay, I'm guessing so. Sure, Giuliani already went through there. Oh yeah, so cleaned no, up the city, cleaned up again. No more gargoyles, yeah. but not in that neighborhood because Robert <laughs> Klein's looking for a cab and he's looking around. He's like, "Oh god, this fucking neighborhood." Yeah. Well, here's here's a giant noise. Like, what was that? I don't know. Get up, move <laughs> along. So James Remar tells the wife they put the kids to bed, and he says, "The night that we met, I had to tell you what happened ten years ago." It's well, this is kind of fucked up because he's like so like so much in love with this chick, uh-huh. like crazy he trusts in love. her. Yeah, Completely. just like uh, I want to uh, just get out of here. I want to buy you a house. I want whatever you want. Just, we'll go to the countryside. Yeah, anything you want. It's like you anything that I want, you already gave me. He's like, well, there's just one thing, which is kind of flawed logic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But in his mind, he's trying to do the best he can for this woman, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, all right. So the one thing I haven't given you <laughs> is the truth about the night we met mm-hmm. when I when <laughs> when I almost raped your mom in the in the, in the alley, <laughs> which is what the kid says. The kid says that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is this about the night, the time you almost raped mommy? Yeah. Like, no. Like, yes. The kid knew it. Uh-huh. I guess the mom knew it, but still went along with it. But uh, it doesn't matter because this is all a farce. Yeah. Because the, the mom's intention was to get with a guy. Yeah. Which was not the mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we find out right now. Uh, Jay's Remar gives her a statue that he m- created of the gargoyle. And he goes, this thing ran into me and killed the bartender. And then uh, it made me promise that. I wouldn't say 
anything about it. And she goes, then why are you telling me? You just broke your promise. And he comes up with some yeah. bullshit. Yeah. And she breaks the statue. She's like, she's like, you lied. You promised us to say you broke her mouth. Yeah, her voice starts changing. And then she starts like morphing. Yeah. And this is pretty cool. This, you, this was nice. You know, I love practical effects. Yeah. This is all practical effects. For practical effects, this was amazing. Yeah. Her, her like kneecaps are breaking and out comes like the, the fucking, the, yeah. the knees or the claws coming out of her Achilles yeah. tendon mm-hmm. and uh, all these awesome. Pretty pretty awesome stuff. And James Remore is like, oh god, yeah, no, go back, please. He's like, go back. I loved you. And she's like, you made a promise. And then her head's like fucking bulging up. And now I know I shouldn't be breaking this down at all, uh-huh. but uh, from what I gather, yes, when he made that promise to the gargoyle, yes. the gargoyle was then able to take human form. Yes. And once the promise is broken, she, she can't. She. It's like midnight, and the carriage turns back into a pumpkin type of thing. Yeah. All right, I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't know. I've never understood that. No, the logic behind that. So, so as a gargoyle, so can she you're, you're turn job. into a human whenever she wants? I think as yeah, long as she makes a promise, with you someone? have to make a human promise you not to say anything <laughs> to be able to become a human. So that's how these gargoyles survive. Yeah, for eons. <laughs> so maybe that's why she had to kill one guy to freak him out enough to make a promise. Ah, oh. don't make sense of it. Damn it. <laughs> All right. So you hear the kids crying, and she's like, what are you doing with the kids? And the kids come out, and they're little gargoyles. Yeah. And he's like, oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah. And she feeds him some horse shit, like, you made a promise, and you broke it, and now you must pay for your promise. She fucking chomps his throat. Yep. And he lays there, dying. And then she grabs the two kids, and they fly out of there. Yep. And then you hear, like, with these weird noises. Robert Klein finally gets a cab, and he hears that, and he's like, God, I hate this neighborhood. He gets in the cab, and he takes off. So then the camera goes all the way up, and then it's them back in statue form. Now she's holding two babies in statue form, and the the woman has like a sad face, like "Ooh, uh-huh. I'm back to being gargoyle." So how the fuck are you going to turn? So how do you break that position? Whatever, I'm not trying to analyze it. So that's that story. Yep. And then we go back to back the, to the kitchen, back to the kitchen for the frape story, and she's yep. like, "Oh, that did have a love story. Now it's time to kill you." Yeah. Wait, and- there's one more story. Nope. Sorry. No, no, but there is. This is a story of a, a of kid. Of a kid. <laughs> who had an older brother who made him take his paper route for the day because he was sick. And then he got lured in by a witch. Yeah. And then, da, 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 and he's narrating his own story. And he goes, but he found marbles in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> this, in a weird way, reminds you of Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. When Inigo Montoya is finally facing him and he just like, keeps repeating the same mantra over and over again. Uh, hello. <laughs> you killed my father. And it's just like, and then hello again. And he's yeah. like repeating it over and over again. That's, that's kind of what this scene reminds me of. Yeah, uh, because he, he's narrating how he's going to defeat her, and still manages to pull it off. Uh, stupid witch. He throws marbles on the floor, and yeah. she's like a fucking robot, just walking towards. Like I am not paying attention yeah. to what this kid just did. I have this knife in my hand, and she slips on it, and then she falls on. She brought a tray, like a, a tray, yeah. not a tray, a mope, like a cart, yeah, with wheels that has these like spiky things. It's, it's a prep cart. It's a prep cart. Yeah. She slips on the on the marbles. And There's she, a fondue skewers, maybe. Yeah, she falls on these like blade things. <laughs> yeah, she's like ah, and she's running around like ah. She's trying to get things out of her back. He gets he picks up her keys and then he fucking unhooks himself, pushes her in the. By oven. the way, giving us the exposition of what he's doing while he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I drop the marbles. Then I look for the keys. If I can only reach the keys, I reach the keys. I unlocked it. Now I got to do this. Like all right. Pushes her over the oven. Yeah, she put. He pushes her on the fucking the aluminum foil tray that she was going to present him on. I'm guessing. Right. She goes to the oven. She's like, ah! And then all these flames start shooting up. Like it's 
So <laughs> it's a crematorium yeah. oven. And he's eating a cookie, and he goes, hmm, this cookie is good. Or he, 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 yeah. he gets some stupid Don't you love happy there. endings? Yeah, there you go. Don't you love happy endings? And then the end. <laughs> so, and, you, and you're just like, oh, all right, over. Finally. <laughs> good God. So... Closing thoughts, Adam. I, it, it, it was it was it was a waste of time. Is what it was. Okay, it, the stories weren't even that interesting. It's just, uh, I mean, yeah, there was nothing nothing about it. There's like there, it, I was being told stories, and that's it. Uh huh. It, it wasn't for any kind of benefits. It wasn't to scare me. It wasn't to entertain me. It was just a story. It's like if, if you're at like an office party and the guy that you work with is like, <laughs> oh hey, hey, let me tell you a story about uh, I race cars on the weekend. They're uh they're toy or they're RC cars. Now these tires. Let me tell you about these tires. Look at them like all right. You just <laughs> and, th- and then he'll be like, Adam, come with me. Yeah. I'm now getting you a glass of water, and I'm gonna put ice in it, and now we're gonna walk back to the desk. Yeah. Just like this kid. Yeah. It just it just <laughs> you just gotta sit there nodding like, all right, I'm hearing your story. I how much time until this party's over? I gotta get out of here. That's that's how it felt like. Like all right, I gotta. These are all just stories. They mm-hmm. don't don't involve me. Don't relate to me. It's like all right. <laughs> are we done here? It's like it's like um, uh, Uncle Leo from Seinfeld. Oh uh, yeah, he grabs you by the arm to tell you the, to make sure you hear his story, uh-huh. and you're like, ah, oh, you can't escape because he's grabbed you by the arm. That's how this felt like. Like I'm being fed stories, force fed these stories that are just nonsensical and not entertaining. Watching this as an adult, I'm like, wow, this movie sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I liked it as a kid, but I really love that cat segment as much as you yeah. hate it. It's because. They, like the one actor they picked for this hitman role, you could have picked anyone from that era who would have been like a badass hitman, and you pick fucking David Johansson. <laughs> and you haven't seen him in stuff, but like he's like the he didn't seem very hitman. Yeah, he's like the, the most ridiculous guy. For what year that was role. this? Nineteen ninety. Mm. All right. Yeah, you could have got a bigger guy then. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that cat story, everything else is like, eh. I just, the mummy I, one bored me. Yeah, the the I already knew the twist of the fucking gargoyle, so yeah. I'm just like waiting for the twist. But I did enjoy the cat one again. That's yeah, a, I did enjoy the cat one because uh, I like those two. I like David Johansson and William Hickey. Okay, just gonna, I can't get into any of it. I know. I'm sorry, Adam. <laughs> I thought I could throw. I wanted to go different, like slasher no, and fine, anthology. It's, it's it's good to see what else is out there. So I now I can. Uh, True holder to my stance of anti-anthology. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and hopefully this will make air. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Well, that was our opinion of the movie. But like I said at the top of the show, we have lots of them. We have zero credentials. Now we're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics. Do you want to hear good reviews or bad reviews? Let's go with good. Okay. Janet Maslin of the New York Times says, Thanks to casting that is savvier than the average horror norm and to direction by John Harrison that is workmanlike and sometimes even witty, at least this movie's fun. Wow. Mm, no. That was the bad. cat story's fun. That was uh, that was a paid for uh, <laughs> review. Steve Newton of the of Georgia Strait, I don't know what this is. Horror fans, particularly those who enjoy the Tales from the Dark Side TV show, like me, should be content with this two out of three. <laughs> oh, so only two. wow! <laughs> that's that's a horrible positive review. Yeah, <laughs> even in the review, sixty six percent. It's still got a D. Yeah, or an F. That's a D. It's a D. Okay. Uh, <laughs> bad reviews now. Richard Harrington of the Washington Post says this is just another miss along the lines of Creepshow and Twilight Zone, the movie. Oh, okay. Other anthology films. Owen Gleiberman 
of Entertainment Weekly says, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, isn't a total loss. It has a couple of imaginative gross-outs and a slew of creative casting turns. The last episode is the only one that has any real power as a story. The rest of them feel as if they've been left out in the dark a little too long. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking, would you consider, like, a Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs an anthology story? Reservoir Dogs, no. You could argue that Pulp Fiction is yes, because it's... Because you have the Butch. Yeah. You got Mia Wallace and uh, Vincent. Yeah. And then you got Vincent and... Mar- and uh, What the fuck? Samuel Jackson's name. Uh, Jules. Jules. Yeah, Vincent and Jules. Yeah. And then you got the Christopher Walken little short story. So you can argue that it is, but the problem with an anthology... See, each story has a beginning and an end. Oh, okay. Whereas, so actually, Trick or Treat technically isn't one either because Trick or Treat is also oh, yeah, all fiction because it's all out of time and everything. Yeah. And usually, anthologies have a framework. There's some frame keep it like when we watched Tales from the Hood, it was those gangsters going to the to the funeral oh, home, boy. and then he would say, "This is what happened with the dolls." Okay, that story ended. Now I'm going to tell you about this guy. Yeah, that story ended, and I'm going to tell you the story with Dag. Yeah, and then this one ends. So Pulp Fiction, no, because there's no frame story. They're just okay. It's just out of order. Yeah, and Reservoir Dogs is a similar kind of thing. It's like there's the one frame story keeps cutting back and oh, forth yeah. to different. This oh stuff. yeah, because Mister Orange has his own story for yeah. a little bit. Yeah, Orange has his own story, and then Blonde has his own kind of story. Yeah, when he gets out of jail. Yeah, you know, uh, Chris Penn in that movie—that's Sean Penn's brother. The, yeah, he fucking cracks me up in that movie. Uh, I was, I was watching when he's play. on the phone and he and he's on the phone and he's just like, a, "Daddy said not to go there, and da- you have to yeah. listen to what Daddy says." Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, he! Uh, I was watching my girlfriend, and she was very much like, "That's Jonah Hill. That is Jonah Hill." Like, yeah. And watching it again, like the way he acts and everything, is like, yeah, that's totally Jonah Hill the way he acts in movies. Was that the first time she ever saw it? Yeah. Did she like it? Yeah, she did. That's good. Not a lot. Did she see that twist that it was Mister Orange? No. Oh no. She the she. I looked over at one point, and uh, when Orange is is uh, confessing to White, she's she's all like misty eye. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like damn. See. I wish I could watch movies again for the first time sometimes. Yeah. God, because just some of that stuff he just does you can't you can't feel it again. Oh. Another sequence I like is when Mr. Blonde goes uh uh when he when he says, Yeah, bam, bam, bang, bam, bam. If they would didn't do what I told them not to do, then they'd still be alive right now. Mr. White's like Bravo, my <laughs> fucking hero. Mr. Blonde's taking like a nod. Yes. <laughs> I cannot hear stuck in the middle with it, with you. Oh yeah, without, without that scene, without that, I think that nobody scene. can. No, and, and I told her that she's like, "This is what you picture when you hear that song." I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn it! Take that fucking go off my dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you never noticed that, Adam. Before I j- jump to the Rotten Tomatoes game, yeah. I don't know if you ever noticed this. When Mr. Pink takes off at the end, yes, you can hear in the background they're saying "freeze, freeze." Yeah. So he he dies too. So everyone dies. Yes, I, I was trying to listen to that and I couldn't. I couldn't hear it in the, the version that I was watching. Mm. It was. I think it was on. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, it was, it was either Netflix or Amazon Prime that I was watching it on one of yeah. those two. And I was like, turn the volume up, and I couldn't hear it. And like, ah, we got to go. Mm-hmm. So we had to- I-, I told Sarah, I go, if our kid, boy or girl, if they like slip and fall and they scrape their knee and they're crying or something, I want to do the the thing. The uh, you're gonna be okay. Say the goddamn words. You're gonna be okay. Say the goddamn fucking words. I'm okay, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now it's time nice. for the Rotten Tomatoes game. Yeah. 
This is the part of the show where I make Adam guess the score of the movie based on its Rotten Tomato score. For those of you unfamiliar with the scoring system, if it's an average score from 0 to 100 amongst critics and the audience. 0 to 59% is rotten, 60% to 84% is fresh, and 85% and up is certified fresh. What would you like to guess first, Adam, the critics or the audience? Uh, let's go with the critics. Okay. Uh, did you say there was sequels for this, or was that the no. Creepshow? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, the the it was Creepshow, then they made uh, Tales from the Dark Side TV series based on off of the success of Creepshow. Then they made a Creepshow 2 in the 80s. And then they made a Tales from the Dark Side movie. So there's never been a sequel to this. So this was the end of it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, the CW was going to bring back Tales from the Dark Side, the TV show, but that fell through. Okay. So I'm going to go with a 43%. 35%. Ooh, okay. All so right. rotten. Not bad, not bad. Audience. Um, oh, that was audience. Hmm? No? Okay. No, the, you that was guess the critics. Okay. Yeah. So audience, they're going to have to go higher than that just because... Uh, people like you, they grew up with this stuff. They want to uh-huh. watch it. Uh, oh, 50, 51. 44%. Okay. So it's also rotten in their eyes. That's fine. Real quick, before we move on to the next segment, would do you think Maestro would have liked this, or do you think he would have liked it to piss you off? He he would have loved the cats. The cats. Oh, yeah. Dude. He's a huge I, cat guy. But just the ridiculousness of it, he oh, would have liked to. Um, it might have been a little too slow for him, even. Okay. Not Not enough crazy things happening. <laughs> okay. Like he would have a lot of grabby, right? He would have enjoyed the things. mummy scenes when the mummy was there, mm-hmm. and when the cat was attacking, and the gargoyle, and when the gargoyle was attacking, okay. and everything in between is just like <laughs> he zoned out. Yeah, like, all right, okay. Checking his Facebook, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Paul Giamatti wasn't in this. <laughs> Paul Giamatti's been in a lot of her movies, and oh. since we all love him, we decided to ask what role would Giamatti have had in this movie. He would. This is like a character actor fucking minefield. Dude. Yeah, he would have been in so many things. Oh man! I think if you put him in the, uh, I think if you made him the old man, put like old man makeup on him, Mister Halstead, like make him like his okay. shoot him up character, yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of like that. Okay, that's a possibility. I I, I like him as the the witch. I, I would okay. like to have a, a male witch talking to the boy and just kind of like uh, busting his balls in, in okay. different ways. Is that way we get kind of more of him, but also we can get into little quips like, uh, "Nah, just tell me the story. Yeah. <laughs> <Change> cookies." <laughs> Yum yum cookies. The, 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 yeah. <laughs> or he can be on the phone. We're not having any fucking Merlot. Yeah. <laughs> or he could be the agent. I agent. Can picture him being yep. the agent at yeah. the end. Yeah, I like to do. I like to see the witch. But agent was my first thought. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, we just do a little. Um, or he could be the hitman. Gender swapping. Yeah. Hitman. Mm, I don't think he'd do Buscemi. No. No, he'd have to. Yeah. Hitman, Agent, I guess that was fine. Either those two or The Witch. Okay. Now it's time for trivia. This is part of the show where I give out little bits of facts or info you may not know about the movie. Christian Slater and William Hickey. William Hickey's the old man in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Christian Slater and William Hickey previously appeared together in a movie we reviewed for this podcast, The Name, Name of, of the, the Rose. Rose. Oh, boy. Uh, during a scene in Lot 249... The original 1978 Dawn of the Dead can be heard playing from the TV. It's when the rich douchey guy is asleep on the couch. He's watching a, a TV okay. show. It's playing Dawn of the Dead. It's writer-director George Romero wrote the screenplay for the segment The Cat from Hell. Oh. Plus, it was based on the show he pretty much created. Right. Okay. This, whole, this whole movie. I love when horror movies do that. Um, in Halloween, the original Halloween, they're watching The Thing from Another World. 
Okay. Which is the, 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 the original movie that the thing that I like becomes. Oh, okay. And then in Scream, they're watching Halloween. And then in this movie, they're watching Dawn of the Dead. I love that. Like okay. in these horror movie settings, they're watching horror movies in the oh, background. How about just... when Swat's watching Swat? <laughs> <laughs> and they all do the theme song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that still pisses me off. <laughs> no, at the end, where the guy's like, where to, fellas? Yeah. But he's the guy from the Swat show. Yeah. So this guy retire from the SWAT show to become a real SWAT driver. Anyway, <laughs> uh, last one. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, is considered by fans and Tom Savini himself. Tom Savini is a special effects makeup artist. He's okay. the sex machine from From Dust Till Dawn. They got oh, the boy. gun in his crotch. Oh, okay. That's Tom Savini. Oh. He did all the special effects makeup for the first creep show. Right. Tales from the Dark Side of the movie is considered by many fans and Tom Savini himself to be the official Creep Show 3. Following the success of Stephen King and George Romero's Creep Show, Laurel Entertainment toyed with the idea of a Creep Show television series. After several negotiations and changes due to rights holders, the decision was made to change the title from the series to Tales from the Dark Side to be helmed none other than Creep Show director and Creep Show 2 screenwriter George Romero. After after the television series' great success, just roughly three short years after Creepshow 2 hit theaters, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, came to fruition in 1990 as a successor of the original two Creepshow installments, sharing ne- many of the same crew as the Creepshow film. All right. So this is like the third official Creepshow. Right. Unsanctioned. Yeah. Semi-sanctioned. Sort of. Lastly, money makes the world go round. We want to put this film under perspective with other films that were released this year so we can get a feel financially how well this film held up to its peers. I couldn't find the foreign gross for this, so you're going to just guess the U.S. gross. Okay. The domestic gross. This budget was $3.5 million. Oh, wow. So give me... 3.5. Yeah. Let's go with... That's a low budget. Yes. For the for 90? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's probably like 12, 10, 9 million, something like that. Now. All right. I'm going to go with 25. Uh, 16.3 million. Oh. Oof. Oh, that's still, that's, yeah, that's, it's profitable. That's still good. Yeah. It's profitable. This film debuted in third place on the weekend of May 4th, 1990 with $5 million. Number one that week was Pretty Woman. Number two was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> which I also saw in theaters. That's, yes. I think I, did, I saw that in theaters too. According to Box Office Mojo, this is the 71st highest grossing film in the category TV Adaptation Live Action. So, so it's a live, okay. av- it's a TV film from a live action show. Okay. Number one is Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. Okay. The remake. Finally, this was the 72nd highest grossing film of 1990. I'm going to give you some highlights as far as highest grossing films from 1990, Adam. Okay. Number one, Home Alone. Nice. Number two, Ghost. Number three, Dances with Wolves, the movie that won Best Picture that year. Okay. Number four, Pretty Woman. Number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Number six, The Hunt for Red October. Ooh. Number seven, Total Recall. Oh, nice. Number eight, this is what they have it listed as. We've, we've, uh, you've disputed this. Uh Number eight is Die Hard 2. Die colon Die Harder. Right. So this is how Box Office Mojo has it. But I don't remember. Yeah. It's just Die Hard 2, right? No, no, it was Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think third one was when it became Die Hard with a Vengeance. Okay. They, they lost the original Die Hard colon. Okay. So number eight was Die Hard 2. Number nine was Dick Tracy. Number 10, Kindergarten Cop. Nice. Number 11, Back to the Future 3. Wait, that's two Arnold in this? Uh... In the top 10. Yeah. Oh, wait. This, is, this isn't for the year. This is overall. No, this is from 1990. Oh, it's what? So he has two in the top 10. Oh, wow. Uh, number 20, Edward Scissorhands. 
right. Finally, number 26. Funny how? Like a clown? Like a murder museum? What? Yep. That's outrageous. How did the film get that low? The 26th highest grossing film of 1990. Oh, my God. Oh, it, 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 uh, it came up later, right? Oh, yeah. It got much bigger in uh, box home box office. That's right. That was all the money we had, Karen. <laughs> Jay Moore, when he used to have a sports show out here, um, he would interact with the fans. You would like tweet him and stuff, and he always used that bit. That was all the money we had, Karen. Uh, like um, Adrian Peterson, he's the running back for the Vikings. I remember one year uh, he broke a, a bone in his leg, so he was out. But he's like the Vikings' best player. Okay. So he went, that was all the offense we had, Karen. <laughs> so you just like subbed it with that. Oh, I see. So like, uh, so like, oh, someone ate the bagel. So, uh, someone ate the last bagel in the office today. That was all the bagels we had, Karen. <laughs> I like that, Jay Moore. <laughs> Finally. Oh, that's it. That's yeah. 1990s Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. All right. Directed by John Harrison. <laughs> Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com. Slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email at spoilers at ratpackpodcast.com for any questions, opinions, and movie requests. Please rate and review the show on iTunes so it can help us in the rankings. If you leave us a review on iTunes and leave us a recommendation for a movie you want us to watch, that movie will go to the top of our list and we will watch it before any other requests. Next week, October Horathon continues, Adam. All right. Two more weeks of this All right. and then you're done. Fantastic. What uh, do we, we got? I don't know what we're doing next. All right. No surprise. <laughs> It'll be a surprise. Fantastic. But I've, I've already picked. It's a, it's on the Google Drive. Oh, have you? The, the, the official Halloween episode. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So I got to figure out the next one. I got to think. Because my thing... Okay. For this October thing, my intention for the past few years was like, oh, I'm going to find a horror movie that I think Adam might like. You just you're not gonna get these movies, so I'm <laughs> just gonna be like, fuck it. I'm just gonna pick whatever right. I want. Your your best bet is to go with the more recent stuff. The more recent stuff is something that I might grab onto more. Uh huh. But my whole argument for you not liking it, Adam, is you had to like horror movies when you were like younger. Yeah. And since you were in your bubble, you yeah. never watched them. You gotta. That's where you appreciate them because when you're young, you believe all this shit. Like, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess a guy can fucking put a mask on oh, and take someone true. out i'm too logical now yeah w- once you get older like when i showed my my two best friends the exorcist we were like 17 that was the first time they ever saw the exorcist at 17 and they thought it was dumb oh I, but still, if you, I still haven't seen it but if you saw that when you were like 10 you would have been like either oh shit this is scary or okay. like, oh i get it i get why people are scared of this but at 17 they're already cynical and like now they're logical right okay but October Horathon will continue. Yes. I'll try to find something. Is Bruce Willis in a horror movie? Besides Death Becomes Her? <laughs> uh, yeah, we did Planet Terror already. Oh, that's true. Um, I don't think so. He's in suspense builders, but not Yeah, horrors. but not horror. Would you consider The Sixth Sense a, a horror movie? No, right? No, that's suspense. You know, a lot of people consider Science of the Lambs a horror movie. I wouldn't. No, no that's also suspense. Because if you go that route, then Seven is also a horror movie, which it's not. No. It's just about a serial killer. Yeah. It's just a serial killer movie. Yeah. Ha- having gore doesn't make you a horror, a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it helps, though. Yeah. <laughs> like a hostel. That, that, that's, that's a horror Excessive movie. amounts of gore. Yes. But I've heard arguments from people saying, like, no, 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 no. The Size of the Labs is technically a horror movie. I'm like, no, it's not. No. It's a It's a thriller. Yeah. It's like, it's like a mystery drama mm-hmm. uh, suspense. You know why? It's because... Science of the Lambs, 
fucking won best picture, best actor, best director, best actress, best screenplay, won all the awards. It's all the horror fans. Also, the cover doesn't help. Yeah. It's all the horror fans are like, that's our movie because it's fucking scary. Because horror gets no love. Yeah. You know what I say? Fuck that. An Oscar doesn't mean anything. No. Yeah, it's true. All right. The Spotlight was the best picture last year. Technically, oh, right? Oh, really? Yeah, that one best picture. Oh. But was that your favorite movie last year? No, I didn't no. watch it. I have it. I, I've had it for a while. I have, I have yet to watch it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like the Oscar just doesn't mean anything. No. To me, last year, like the craziest, most invented movie I saw was Fury Road. Oh, yeah. That actually won Oscars. It won all the technical awards. It was nominated for Oh, yeah. Them. That was like like almost all practical. Yeah. There was some footage. It was uh, I don't know if it was leaked, but it was it was released later of of the of the giant chase scene, like uh, without adding the special effects to it. And uh-huh. It was still it was still pretty amazing because yeah. it's real cars crashing into real cars. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that, that was a decent movie. That that was a good action. So oh, is, uh, who's that guy? He was Bane. Is he an action? Tom dude? Hardy. Yeah, yeah, but he's not. See, Stallone, Bruce Willis, and Schwarzenegger are action guys because yeah. they're. They were consistently in action movies. Yeah. They strayed off a little. Like, Bruce Willis went into drama. Stallone went into drama. Fucking Schwarzenegger tried to do comedy right. for a little bit. <laughs> but they always went back to action. Like, Tom Hardy. Yeah, he's got a lot of range. Yeah. Like, he's not. That's not what he's known for. Right. Hmm. Like, action for these guys, for these three, like the big three, that's like their meal ticket. Like, that's their money. Right. Like, they'll go off and do a serious one. They'll go back to do fucking an action movie. So I think The Rock, just on his resume, he's like our action hero guy. Yeah. But he's like half action, half comedy these days, too, though. Yeah. He's starting to do more comedies. Yeah. Hmm. And those Fast and the Furious movies are pretty much fucking half comedies, too. How ridiculous they yeah, are. They're, yeah. They're starting to get in that way. They're becoming like superhero movies. I got to catch up on those. Maybe we should start doing those. Yeah. <laughs> we got we to start with five. That's when they first bring The Rock in. Okay. That's when they get like ridiculous. That's when they're like in full superhero mode. All right. Where is that when he launches himself through like a helicopter? Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's it's five, six, and seven, and then the eight, and then I was joking with people. I was like, dude, they just they got to go to space at one point, right? Like they got to go to space or yeah, underwater or driving something. those uh, moon rovers, yeah, something like that. <laughs> like that, like that's just where it's gonna go. Yeah, or like flying cars, like they, they're gonna go somewhere like that down the road, and people are gonna go see it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna happen. I I don't know that at all. Some uh, like super jet turbine inside of a car that makes it fly also. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the seventh one, they technically flew. I never saw the seventh one. Is that the one where they had a walker kind of like half there? Yeah. I never saw that Well, one. In, the, in the opening scene, they parachute out of a giant plane all their all their Hondas, all their Civics. Oh. oh. <laughs> They're not all Civics, but like, the those, cars? like yeah, those, like, those <laughs> racing cars. They all reverse out of a plane and they have parachutes behind them and they land like a, like a fucking feather and then they start... <laughs> They take off from there. Oh, yeah. All right. So they technically did fly. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so check out. Uh, oh, we haven't picked it yet. Yeah. It'll be a nice surprise. Yeah. It's a nice little Halloween surprise for you guys. Third one, the Halloween episode is, has been picked. It's one that uh, many people. You said it was a slasher, right? That one. Uh, we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to explain until you know what the title is. All right. So until next time, this is Hollywood. I'm Adam. Adam.